Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Welcome to Heart for the House uh, Month. We're going to be talking about, you know, the Bible talks about the church and I shared about this last week and then the Bible talks about nourishing the church. In Ephesians 5, it says, no one hates their own body, everyone nourishes their own body. I did that this morning with a donut, with a nice coffee. And uh, it was just nourishment to my soul. Might not have done my body any good, but it did my heart a lot of good to have that iced coffee from On The Run. Thank goodness for On The Run. Praise the Lord for On The Run. Okay. Anyway, I, I, I just, you know, this is 100 years that Influences has been in existence, 1922 under the ministry of Smith Wigglesworth, Influences started and we celebrate 100 years this year. And uh, what an exciting thing to think about how God has blessed us and what has happened and how it's uh, grown and see how it's impacting the world, and particularly the last 10 years, to see the exponential multiplication uh, of what God has done, both in campuses, in facilities, in all kinds of things, people, is just pretty, pretty incredible. And today we wanna launch a really exciting vision for Heart for the House. I remember, and I could tell you lots of these stories because for some reason they happened to me. And uh, as an introvert, as a person that's pretty shy, you know, when I get on a plane, uh, you know, I, I wanna be in my own little bubble. I make sure I get to my seat. I make sure that uh, people aren't annoying me. I make sure that my luggage is where I want to get it. I'm all about the efficiency of getting on and off a plane and finding the right seat. Anyone else like that, right? I'm not going on a plane to socialise. I'm going on a plane to go somewhere. And so I sit in my little bubble and I hope no one talks to me. And so what happens, and I know some of you are the same. Others are just so gregarious. You talk to everybody. But the rest of us, we just sit there. Okay, you know, that happens to me a lot where I'm sitting there and as I'm sitting there, God will say to me, this prompting will say to me, move outside of yourself. Talk to the person next to you. And then I rebuke the devil. And then we go on with the conversation. And then invariably something happens. And I remember being on the plane, or this one time, and uh, I got moved actually from row 10 to row 14. It's the exit rows. And and uh, I was really grateful for that. I was flying from Dallas to LA on my way to Australia. On my way to Australia, and it kind of, it's a long journey. So I've settled in for a long journey, got all my stuff packed and ready and whatever. And uh, then I know, and as I'm sitting there, I feel this little prompting, reach outside of yourself and talk to the lady next to me. Well, um, I just kind of debated that for a little while. And on my, on my, on my left, there were two women kind of in their late 20s, early 30s. And on the other side of the other aisle, there were three women about the same age. They all seemed to be friends somehow and I'm kind of stuck in the middle. And I felt uh, God just say, I want you to do something and talk to them. So I started talking to the lady next to me. Of course, those first conversations are a bit awkward, hard to get going and you don't know how they're gonna respond. Anyway, I found out that they were flying back to LA from Cancun via Dallas. And I said, what you, how long have you been there? Well, we've been there one day. Why are you coming back now, one day later? And they said, uh, she began to cry. She said, because our friend last night 
fell off the balcony and died. And so I'd been at a girls' uh, weekend and uh, one of their friends had fallen off the balcony, had died, plunged to her death so tragically and they had been in the police station for the, since that time answering questions about this death. And so I just started to try to, you know, do whatever I could, what do you say in those scenarios? And then I told them I was a pastor and we had this conversation. And then across, uh, it began the conversation and the girl across the aisle um, he sees us talking and she kind of mouths to the other person and the other person next to me goes, he's a priest. <laughs> Which is not necessarily, you know, anyway, the point is, uh, she's a, he's a priest. She goes, well, I want the priest to come over here. So she asked me to come over and sit on that side. So we're all playing, you know, musical chairs and she starts asking me all the hard questions. And we, I'm talking to her for hours and then talking to her friends for hours. We've got our own little church service happening across row 14. And as we land into LA and we get off the plane, right there in the jetway are these four women and myself, arms around each other as I'm praying for them and praying for what they're about to go through, having told them about Jesus. But it took a little prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, reach outside of yourself. Reach outside of yourself. I remember being on another plane ride and again, it was travelling from Dallas to LA on the way back to Australia, I think after a two-week trip with Philip Farlam, who's one of our board members and the co-chairman of our board and, and uh, we'd been travelling together for two weeks. So we got on the plane, they split us up and I was so glad because I was sick of Phil after two weeks and and I wanted, and I noticed next to me there was a seat by myself. That's the reason I was happy he was at the back of the plane. I'm sitting in row 10, he's in row 37, um, and or whatever it was. And I'm so excited because there's only one seat on the plane and it's next to me that's empty. And that's just like heaven when you're flying forever. And uh, the plane was delayed. And I'm just wishing they would shut that door because then I've got three and a half hours of flying before I get on the LA flight to Sydney, to Adelaide, uh, etc. And uh, at the last minute, this woman comes running through the door and I'm like, oh no, she's gonna sit there, I bet. And of course she came and she sat next to me on row 10. And uh, again, I'm sitting there minding my own business, a bit ticked off, she's taken my spare seat. And just being honest now, you know, we all, this is an honest church, so we just tell the truth here. So. I, anyway, I felt that little prompting again, talk to her. And so I did, I started talking to her. I found something that I could start up a conversation, found out that uh, she was flying to LA for a, a party with her girlfriends and she was going through a divorce and her mother had cancer. And as I sat there and I started to tell her about the good news of Jesus, that He could change her life and that, that He loved her and I began to talk to her literally for three hours. And on that plane, I led her to Christ and I led her to find Christ. And she said to me this, she said to me, you're the sixth person in the last year that's told me that I need to get my life connected to God. I said, well, maybe you should listen on the sixth one and do it, and she did. And today she's planted in a church. Uh, her marriage didn't survive, but she remarried and her life is great and moving forward. I can just tell you story after story like that because it seems to happen to me on planes. It had what happened to me two weeks ago as I was flying from the Gold Coast to Adelaide after visiting my dad and getting him into a nursing home. 
and uh, of course the plane flies in from wherever to Coolangatta and then they cancel the flight because the, someone on the cruise got COVID. So here we go again. So now we're bumped onto another flight. It's hours of delay. And then I finally get to fly through Melbourne. And so I fly through Melbourne and get on the plane to fly to Adelaide. And I sit down and literally within 90 seconds of the person sitting next to me, they start to abuse me literally with, with kinds of words that you would never use anywhere, let alone a plane. And, uh, and, and so I just sat there. In fact, they asked the cabin steward to move me to another seat. It was pretty full on, right? But you'll be proud of me, I was very Christian. And uh, I, I just just looked them in the face, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, he said, once he, he said, what do you do? And I said, I'm a pastor. And then he started swearing at himself because he was a, he was a professor of, of, uh, of uh, neurosurgery and uh, he was really mad at how he had responded to what had happened in that moment which he had started and I had just been party to the whole thing as a spectator, as he abused me. And so, so he said to me, can I swap seats with you? And I said, okay, so we swap seats. And then he says, that guy over there is having a heart attack. So he leans over and the guy in the other row, he says, can I, sir, can I grab your hand? Can I grab your arm? And he takes his pulse and whatever. And he says to the plane, you need to stop. We need to call ambulance. Uh, this guy's in the middle of a, potentially a cardiac arrest right now. So this is all going on. He's just abused me. Now he's saving a life. And uh, this is just on a flight from Melbourne to Adelaide, you know. And uh, so, and so I'm just minding my business. Anyway, we, we finally get the guy off the plane. He survives. Paramedics take him away and we take off. And now there's two seats next to us and they say to us, oh, if one, because they'd heard the altercation, seen me uh, being a witness to the altercation against myself, uh, said, you could move if you want to. Right then I had a choice. Do I move or do I stay? And I decided to stay because I'm not a chicken. And so I decided to stay and that I could tell that, that spoke to him. Anyway, we started going along. He says, look, I'm an atheist and I'm this and this. And he told me all these things straight up. He said, I'm gonna ask you a question. So he asked me some questions. He said, you don't have to answer it. You probably won't even be truthful anyway. I mean, it's a pretty full on conversation for having just met. We're just, hey, we, this is our first date. What are you doing? Come on. And uh, so we get on and we keep on talking, talking. By the time we are about 40 minutes into the flight, he starts to tell me everything about his childhood everything. I'm talking about, this is like a deep counselling session and he's telling me everything that happened to him, why he walked away from God. Because I said to him, he said, I'm an atheist. I said, oh, when did you become one? Because no one's born one because God's been put in our hearts. And so he told me and uh, then we started the story and, as, and, and he told me his whole life story. I could have been sitting in the other row, but I chose to stay and to reach out to this person with the love of Jesus. And as we started to land into Adelaide Airport, going over the city, he looks at me and he says to me, you're the real deal, aren't you? And I said, is that a question? And he says, no, that's a statement. I, he says, I've talked to lots of people. I've never talked to someone like you. And he just, he went on and on and on. And of course, you, don't, you wanna know how, how legitimate this is because when you talk to people on a plane, you get off, everyone goes their own way. Anyway, he found me at the baggage claim 
wanted me to have his phone number, wanted to have his contact details, wanted me to call him, etc., etc., etc. All because I decided that I am part of the light of the world, that if my light, that Jesus in me, can just be in a cabin somewhere, flying to some place, it doesn't matter where I am, that flicker of hope is, is, is falling on people all around about me. And if I will be obedient to the Holy Spirit, I can change the life of somebody. You see, I believe every one of us has that opportunity, those little voices come inside our hearts, the Holy Spirit speaks to us uh, on, a, on a continual basis if we'll listen to Him. And He says, you can make a difference. Say something, do something, be something, be the church. You know, it's time for, I just really believe that as we, as we go into this, uh, this month of Heart for the Houses, for us to realise that every one of us together doing something to change our world will bring hope to our world. You know, to think about uh, in the Bible, it took one boy who had a passion and a compassion to say, I've only got five loaves, but I'll give them to you, Jesus. It began when one man said, I'll give my life as a ransom for everyone and I'll die for the sins of mankind. It began when one person decided to put up their hand and say, God, I wanna serve you and and at 23 years of age or thereabouts, my grandfather left the country of Wales and went to uh, India to be a missionary for 30 years where his four children were born. And then he spent another 10 years in Papua New Guinea. It took one young woman, her name was Stella Wheaton. Her family owned pastoral districts here in South Australia. They'd come on the first fleet and owned parts of Parkside and St. Peter's and so on. And uh, when it was just grazing land, and at 23, she got impacted by the, 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 the ministry of Smith Wigglesworth and Amy Simple McPherson and decided to become a missionary. And I've seen pictures of her at Outer Harbour on a ship saying goodbye to her relatives in Adelaide to go to India to be a single missionary at the age of 22. We can't fly back if you don't like it. You gotta get on a ship sometime and take months to get home. That was my grandmother. When I think about uh, the, the, the individuals that get up and say, hey, I'm gonna make a difference. And no matter how small I may feel, no matter how insignificant I feel, I will contribute who I am and what I have for the great, great commission because we've been rescued to be rescuers. You know, it began... Um, at Paradise when we decided we couldn't reach the whole world. I remember having the meetings where we looked at who was coming to Paradise and we realised that God had called us to reach the whole city and we made the decision, well, if you're not uh, gonna come to us because in Adelaide driving past 20 minutes would constitute a long trip, um, you know, I, I'm not gonna, well, you're not gonna come to us, so guess what, we're gonna come to you. And that's how the first campus started and and. We went into Elizabeth and, and then from there we went into the city and then we went into Mount Barker and into Clare and into, now into the South. And it's happened because every year some of us and then all of us said, okay, we're gonna do something 
to make a difference. We're gonna go beyond. Then we said, okay, our vision is too small. We're not gonna just touch Adelaide. We need to touch uh, the world. And so we again made a decision to sow into the countries of the world. And, and we've seen, and tonight I'll share a little bit, but some of the stuff that's happened is just remarkable and absolutely incredible. Every time we put our minds together, our hearts together, our finances together, we've multiplied the message of Jesus because everything that God created, He put a seed in so that the seed would create, be the mechanism for multiplication, the mechanism for things to grow and flourish. And whenever we plant a seed, whenever we give a seed of our time, guess what? God multiplies that. God uses that to do so much. When I think about our buildings that we have in the Paradise Campus, in the Salisbury Campus, in the City Campus, all renovated and all done up, air conditioning in this building, sprinklers in this building, it's the safest, coolest, warmest building in the whole of South Australia. When I think about Salisbury and where it is right on the, uh, the main road there and think about City Place right there on the bus routes of Curry Street and Adelaide, to think about what God's doing in the South that you'll hear more about and to hear what God's done at Clare Valley and to see that their largest attendance last Sunday in the history and per head of population, it's a revival what's happening at Clare. When I think about Mount Barker and what God's doing there and preparing us and preparing the ground, it's incredible. When you look at what's happened in the last 10 years, we've put all of these things in place. We own seven properties. We've, we've acquired a building in South. We've renovated the Paradise Building, renovated the Salisbury Building, renovated the Sitting Building. It's amazing. And it, you know what? Everybody joined together has made the difference to what we see together. What I love about the church is we have an opportunity and we see it in other communities. You think of the Jewish community, you think of the Muslim community. I see it in Atlanta with the Korean community. There's about 400,000 Koreans uh, just living nearby where I live and I watch them. They've got Korean banks and they have Korean shops and they have Korean plazas and what are they doing? They're all working together to build their own future together by putting their stuff together. And when the church gets that idea, idea that we're not individuals saved by grace, but we're more than that. We are a church chosen by God to be a light in the world. Things start to happen and we can just point at the history of what's happened in our church to know that it is something that makes a difference. And so as we launch into the vision of this month for Heart for the House, I just wanna say to you that you're gonna hear some very, very exciting things. Our capabilities not only produce uh, 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 practical outcomes, but the multiplication, the impact that continues on from the seed that we sow is just profound and powerful. And I just want us uh, today, you know, uh, to pray. And I want us to just say, God, as we come into the presentation of some of the practical things, I want you to anoint our lips. I want you to anoint our ears. I want you to anoint our hearts. I want you just to hear how we can be part of the next season of what God wants to do. So Father, we pray in every campus from Mount Barker to City, Lord, to South, to Salisbury, Lord, to, to Clare Valley, to here Paradise, I pray, and to those on, that are online. I pray that we'd all capture the vision that only the church can bring the Gospel to the world. Only the church can bring the practical hands of Jesus to the world. And we ask today that You would do that and You would anoint our time together in Your powerful and mighty Name. Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we give God praise? Isn't He so good? Hey, in every campus.
We are a great, do you love this church? I love it. I love the people, I love the vision, but it's because we have great senior pastors. And I just think for a moment, it doesn't matter where you are today, can we just honour Pastor Ashley and Jane for a moment? So much they give and pray and sow into. And today's an overflow of what God's put in their heart that we get to run with. And can I encourage you, you know, Tonight we have a chance to come and hear Pastor Ashley. You know, this week he's going to be going to Atlanta and be coming back later in the year. But it's not every week we get to sit in the same room where he ministers. Tonight, five o'clock. Everyone say five o'clock. In every campus, come to Paradise Campus. Be here at five. Here's the deal. It's going to rain and you're going to go, should I go? And then you say, get behind me, Satan. It's just a little bit of rain. I'm going to go. And you're going to come in and we're going to worship. God's going to move. Faith's going to be imparted. And we're going to go forward together. So can I just ask, be here tonight. I promise I won't ask again till next week. All right, so make sure you come out. We are, I love this time of year because it's a year of looking to vision. Who loves vision? Who loves something to look forward to? Shans and I love planning a holiday because it gives us something to sow into, dream into, and run towards, you know? And that's what we're doing today as a church. We're sowing vision that we can dream into, talk into, pray into, sow into, and run towards. And I'm excited about that. Are you? This is something we do every year. If you're new here, if you've joined the church in the last year, do you know, the pastor actually said, we're in the rooms we're in, doing the things we do, having the impact we have, because for a hundred years, people have sowed not into just what they receive, but the next generation. And we get to be beneficiaries of that. And not only sow into what we will reap, but we are also setting up the next generation. We're also setting up the next believers. That's what we do as a church. You have never truly made it in life until you've set up legacy. And that's what we're doing today, amen? So before we cast what we're going to do, quickly a reminder of what we've accomplished and what we're accomplishing from last year's Heart for the House offering. Well, excited to tell you in our Clare Valley campus, we've done a whole number of renovations. We've knocked down walls and expanded our kids' spaces. We've built a youth and, uh, and young adult and youth kids' space out the back of the church. All new equipment's going in. And we've ordered this brand new playground because we want the community. There's not a playground like this in Clare, so we're putting it on the church because we want the community come and go. The church is family. The church is inviting. Isn't that so cool? Well, I think that's exciting. At every campus, don't you think that's cool? Now in Mount Barker, Mount Barker, what we've done is we've built a coffee trailer because everyone wants coffee. And there wasn't enough good coffee in Mount Barker in our opinion. And we thought, why don't we go to wherever there's community events, fates. Mount Barker is such a great community, but we wanna go to them, give coffee, sell coffee, whatever it is. But with it, they know what a church is there, passionate about the community and passionate about keeping them caffeinated. We also have put money aside for a future building fund and we are believing and uh, at Mount Barker, just watch what God's gonna do in this next year. We believe there's something in the works. Okay, our Salisbury campus, give us a big shout, Salisbury campus. Good to see you today. Well, of course, we did, Mount Barker did a bar, a, a coffee trailer. Well, you're competitive, you went, well, we'll up you and do a barbecue trailer. Okay, because who doesn't love a snag? It's the only reason I vote. It's not really only joking. It's the only reason I go to Bunnings because I don't know how to purchase tools. But I go there for the snags and I figure, we figure, if we just have a barbecue trailer that goes around and cooks snacks for people, they'll love the snack, they'll love you, they'll love the church, they'll love Jesus. It's a formula. But either way, we think it's a great way to get 
into the community and love people. So we're taking that into schools. And again, wherever the community gathers, we're gonna go with this barbecue trailer. We've upgraded all of the production at our Salisbury campus, done a beautiful, put a beautiful sound system in there and believing for more in the future. And we're about to start a backyard renovation project because we want a space where our young people can go and hang, all people can go, but especially our young people to hang out. Our city's been very busy. Our city campus has completely upgraded all of their lighting and it shines like a Coldplay concert. It's unbelievable in there. And anyway, and we've done our kids' rooms up because kids always matter. And you know, kids get bored easy. So you gotta keep making it fresh and relevant for them. Great new technology in there. We've, got, we've done up our foyer and our parents' rooms because we're right there on Curry Street and the spiciest building on Curry Street is our city campus. So people walk by and go, what is this modern place? It's a church. Save me, Lord. That's the hope, all right? But they're walking through thinking that looks cool, but also so you guys can enjoy. And we've updated our upstairs room so we can do discipleship and other things in there. Up Paradise Campus, after many years of freezing cold or sweltering hot, we have finished our upgrade on our air conditioning and heating system. Thank you, Lord. And uh, so we're so excited for that. We've actually put a shade uh, uh, cloth over all of our playground because we want the kids to go out there and not get three degree burns on the slide. So that's important. We've put that up. And one second, just my comms is speaking to me. Tony, 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 are you there? I Tony. am. Hey, church. How are you? Hey, just behind me here, this is the playground Pastor Josh was talking about, but I wanted to interrupt because we have something super exciting to share with you this morning. Now, one of the projects that we gave to you last year was to renovate our Eastern Wing toilet, oh. and they are complete. Now, 1 Kings 10 told us that Solomon built a throne worthy of a king. Well, we have done the same for you today. Why don't you come in, check it out. Now, this is the ladies' toilets. These are the most special. Let me just clean up, clean up. Okay, we're good to go. This is my first and last time in here, I promise you. Let's check it out. Oh, hey, look at Pastor John. What are you doing in here? Oh, John, you're such a servant. I like the terrazzo. I love everything. It is fabulous. And uh, ladies, don't worry, Pastor John won't be in here when you come and check it out. But we have beautiful new toilets and new cabinetry, new lighting. Look at these mirrors. I mean, I look, I look 10 years younger in that mirror, don't we, Pastor John? Fantastic. Well, I do. <laughs> anyway, hey, just want to say a massive thank you to each and every one of you who sewn into last year, enabled us to do this. All everyone who put in the hard work to put all this together, you are amazing. We love your church and are excited about our future Heart for the House. This coming up. Come Pastor on, how exciting oh, is that? Very cool. And of course, you're gonna see in the next little bit, we're totally renovating our kitchen space there in the cafe. And outdoors, we're completely doing the outdoor area to make a cordial garden. All right, fantastic. It's gonna be wonderful when we go out there. Anyway, some will get that. But you're probably wondering, what about our South Building? For many years, for many years, we've um, been believing and putting away for our very own South Building. And we announced last week to our South Campus, God is good, He is kind. We have a home for our South Campus. Let's go. Check out the screens, Pastor Steve. Hey Church, what an incredible vision we're a part of. Behind me is a building that God brought us to two years ago when we couldn't find a building in the South and it's been fantastic for us. But there's something more I wanna show you. Why don't you come with me? Wow. 
Well, here we are. About four minutes drive from our current location. Why don't you come with me? We're gonna walk in the front door. Come. Some of you are guessing what this was, but some of you have shopped here before. Cause this was the Woolworths at the top of the hill at Old Ranella. So for five years, we've been believing, we've been praying, we've been bumping in, we've been setting up, we've been pulling down, but now we've got our new home. So South, South welcome, welcome to, to your, your new home. home. Now, you're gonna use your imagination for a moment, but right now I'm standing inside of our foyer, a place where people are gonna greet, meet each other. There's a beautiful atrium where the coffee's gonna be hot, the food's gonna be delicious, and of course. Pastor Josh, straight through those walls, we're going to have a veranda that's gonna go right along the side of the building where yes. we're gonna have cafe. There's gonna be a kids area to play out there. It's gonna be, be so good for our community. Koinonia. <laughs> Absolutely. Just through this section, off the foyer, this is the auditorium, a 500 seat auditorium. It's going to be amazing. This is a place where the name of Jesus is going to be lifted up, where people are going to tell their stories, where the word's going to come, where people are going to find Jesus for the first time. We'll lift the roof, we'll get an amazing stage, great seating, great technology, but all of it so Jesus would be known and glorified. So on the other side of our auditorium is our kids area. See, family is at the centre of everything we do and it's going to be the exact same here with numbers of kids rooms for all types of ages so young kids and young, young adults and youth can grow up in the house of God, knowing the Word of God, loving each other and knowing they're loved by Jesus. We love our families. We love our little kids. We love yeah. and seeing them flourish. We love the fact that you, Mum and Dad, bring them every Sunday and it's going to be even better when we get into this building. So we're building a home for everyone right here in the South, a home for all generations, all people, all nationalities, all so they may know the love of Jesus. It's the answer to a lot of prayers, faithfulness and hard work, and it's coming soon. So church, let's get excited. Let's continue to build where we are and let's look at what's gonna to happen towards the mid of next year as we move in. Let's do this. God praise, Woo! love it. So you heard all the details there and we'll flash a few uh, pictures on the screen so you can just see some concept ideas. But we are now going to undertake, this is our first Half of the House project for 2022 into 2023. And our South Campus is gonna be giving into this. We are so excited to create a home where Jesus can, uh, where people can meet Jesus, generations can grow up, a 400 seat auditorium, three kids room, youth whole beautiful kitchen, foyer, cafe space, deck that goes out to a playground area, heaps of car parks on a main road. We have a long-term lease here. We are gonna build a convention center. So it's not just open on Sundays, so that it's open all week, community, thousands we're believing every week to walk through the doors, giving the provision for the vision so we can reach the South for Jesus. We, uh, I wanna tell you, the, the company, this, this building was actually there for a number of years, about six years with no one using it because they were waiting 
looking for the right businesses. And we went and had a conversation and Pastor Ashley actually had a word from God, go look right now for a building. We've been looking for years. And that week we came across this building and they, they to be honest, they've actually given us a, a, a cap lease at about 75% of the price that other businesses were willing to pay because they want a community-focused organisation like the church in there. That's favour, people. That's the amen from heaven. That's the grace of the Holy Spirit. And get this, while this next year we're gonna renovate it, obviously, we're not going in like that. We're gonna do a lot of work. It's, we've signed the lease, it's ours now, but we don't have to pay a thing to the day we move in and the renovation's finished. That never happens, but that's the favour of God. He gives you a dream, He gives you a vision, He has an answer, and if you persevere, have faith and have patience, God will bring it about at His perfect time. So South Campus, let's go, let's give, let's pray, let's believe. We've got a home, let's give God some glory. Isn't He so good? Amen. So this year, that's the first thing we're stepping towards. Now, the second thing, and I'm gonna invite Pastor Ashley to come and join me because I am so excited about what we are about to announce. This is something that is going to, I believe it's gonna expand your thinking. I believe this is going to excite you. This is part of God's redemptive plan for His church, wherever there's a campus of Influencers Church. This is actually something that we are doing to go beyond the walls of our church. The last few years, we've had to do renovations and air conditioning and playgrounds and, and we're willing to and we needed to and we wanted to, but it's time to go outside of the walls of our church. It's time to bring healing and reach the lost. And what I love, Pastor Ashley, is this vision we're talking about today, God put in your heart 20 years ago. It is. And you know, the thing about building buildings, it's really, really important because while, you know, for us, we don't care where we worship and how we worship. What it does is it creates a legacy for generations. Come on. The reason why you build homes, the reason why you build churches is not just to satisfy us, but to build an inheritance Come for on. the future. And so the South building, all the buildings, that creates the opportunity to then go, okay, we have a home, yes. we have a place. Because the thing about the, the uh, Good Samaritan was we talk about the Good Samaritan a lot and about how we reached out to that man and so on, but the, the, the man that was beaten up by life didn't get actually healed until he was brought to the inn. Ah, so good. And it's the inn that brings healing. I, I think in is short for influences, mm -hmm. church, right? I believe it, biblically. So it's kind of, yeah, so the Greek word for influences. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the point is that you need a place where you can bring people you reach to grow and find yeah, family and find home. That's why we've been focusing on creating those homes. That's but it. now that we've created, I think Woo. God's timing is pretty incredible because 20 years ago, God put in my heart this desire to have a medical centre that would be a place where uh, not only doctors, but medical professionals, counsellors and so on would help people because while there are a lot of churches that do a lot of feeding programs and we do those as well, I, I think they're fantastic. It's a bit like when you give someone food, that helps them survive. But when you change their heart, it helps them. It's like giving, teaching the man to fish, not just giving yeah, him a fish, because you're helping a person develop capacity in their lives to live a healthy life. And so 3 John says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul 
prospers. So awesome. the, that's that inversion kind of table between uh, and relationship between our soul prospering and our life prospering. So I love the fact that when we tried to do it back then, uh, we got together some people and we tried to make it happen, but it wasn't the right time because God, I believe God often puts a seed in our hearts. Then there's, it seems like, I, I remember someone saying this, it's like there's a revelation followed by a reversal. Yes. Followed by the result. Come on. Remember Joseph, vision and a dream. Then he went through 13 years of reversals. And then God produces the result in his time. And that's how vision works. Sometimes the seeds that we talk about today are for another time. Come on. We don't know the time. God knows the time. The times are in his hands. Our job is to move towards a plan that we feel in our heart and allow God to finish it when He's supposed to. So when we were at a global retreat, uh, or our global executive team, Pastor Steve, yourself, uh, Philip, and uh, Pastor Jane and Mark, and so on, we're at that retreat and we talked about this. And then there was an excitement that was, was incredible because you tell the story. Well, because uh, what Pastor actually envisioned, Shans was a part of something similar in her old church. Shans is a naturopath uh, and actually started a clinic where they did counselling and wellness and healing and allied health and all those things. And she was just talking because you were talking about this vision. And she's like, this is something that's in my heart. And you're like, this is something in my heart. And both of you are like, it's in both of us. And then there was this excitement <laughs> that became palatable. You're both standing and going, well, Maybe that was a vision from God that was just for a time such as this. And then we go into the pandemic. Well, amazing, the amazing thing to me about that moment when uh, Shana and I had that, that moment, it was really incredible because way back then, God had given me this vision for this medical centre, wellness centre, uh, where we could have doctors and then also professionals and counsellors. And then about a year after that, her dad yes. started LifeWell. Yeah. And I remember just, you know, just being just very honest, a bit jealous <laughs> because they were making it work and it was I could watch it just growing and blossoming. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, those guys have got it together. This is fantastic. One day we'll get it together. Come on. And so then we had to poach Shana from her dad <laughs> through you to get it working into this new space. So oh. it's, it's amazing how God's timing works. It's so good. And you think right now, you look through COVID, right? We're now past the pandemic somewhat, but because of all the fear-mongering, the loss of jobs, bankruptcy, isolation, negative media, what's gonna keep going on is mental health struggles. And can I say today, if you struggle with mental health, you're not weak, you're human. And we actually have to be able to go and get help. You know, from, since the pandemic, they say about now one in four young people are at serious risk of a mental health illness. I think the numbers are about 3.4 million Australians in 2020, 2021 saw a health professional because of mental health issues. Over 50,000 Australians get divorced every year. And you know, the waiting time for GPs are going through the roof. If, you are, if you've moved to Australia and you weren't born here, you don't have a healthcare plan yeah, that allows you to go see a mental health professional. And we wanna help people because we're body, soul and spirit, right? Absolutely. And we're trying to not only minister to people's spirit, but give them the practical tools yeah. on how to renew their lives, renew their minds. And I, you know, I've had my own battles when I had a burnout and all those things. So I understand this area very, very acutely and personally. And I'm so excited because I just think when you combine all the three things that God created, which is our mind and our soul 
and our body, our spirit. When you combine those things together in a plan for health and wellness, it changes the game because instead of just having people find Christ and then struggling all the way through their life till they go to heaven, they're able to get breakthroughs every year of their life in every area of their life. And it's really interesting when you compare Australia, say to America, in this area, you know, in America, if you don't have a counsellor or a therapist, then there's something wrong with you because the, the comment will be this, every runner who's going to the Olympics has a coach. Wow. So if you don't have a coach, huh. why? Well, you obviously thing. don't want to grow. And it's really interesting, whereas in Australia, there's more of that sense of, well, if I go to see someone, there must be something wrong with me. Truth is, there's something wrong with all of us. Yeah. And we all need help. But imagine offering that service to the entire community. Because you think, as a church, we've always been graced to with young people. We don't want our young people thinking, if I struggle emotionally or in my mind or my body, I've just got to work it through, deal it. Can I say, I believe God, we believe God's into restoring all things. And most importantly, our spirit, but our soul and our body too. Our mind and our emotions need healing. So what we're gonna do next year, and this is what we're giving to, this is what we're praying for, this is what we're prophesying. We are going to start a faith-based clinic where we can see professionals come in their God shape and God grace to bring healing and restoration. But people that have a faith in Jesus, that not only as they are restoring counsel guiding and healing, they can share the Word, they can pray and they can ultimately point to, point to the ultimate healer and restorer, Jesus Christ. Come, Come on, on. Yeah. how exciting is this? And, and what I love, right, as we were talking and I just, we're hearing your vision, is of course, we now wanna, when we do this, encourage, because as pastors or connect group leaders, there's a limitation on our ability and mandate as pastors. You know, we are able to help spiritually but there are people that are more graced to be able to help with the mind and the emotions and the body. So we wanna be able to see your spirit restored, but then partner and this clinic to partner with the church's mission of God restoring all things. But what I love what Pastor Ashley was saying is, imagine where at one point we can have, we, once this is up and going, to have subsidies for those that can't afford it. Yeah, or that. professionals that have worked in industry for years, giving back some time for those first Australians that don't have a healthcare plan that can walk in and, and, and you we do this professionally and we wanna manage this right, but to be able to get the help they need. Could you imagine this two-way door of Christians walking into healing, but then the community walking into healing and finding Jesus. We believe it's going to bring not just healing to us, but healing to our community. And it's gonna put us right at the coalface of what Australia is facing. Come on, how exciting. We love this. So, we're gonna show you a video because as we've done this, we've talked to a number of allied health professionals and doctors in our church that are doing this to see what they think and to recast to you what we are gonna do in this next year. Let's look to the screens. In the crisis we find ourselves in and what people are facing, the church is God's answer, His method and His voice for a broken world. For many years, Influencers Church has reached the loss. We've matured followers, we've stood for the vulnerable, we've fed the hungry, but it's time for a new arm for our church. Something the Holy Spirit has put on our heart for many years now. 
Over 20 years ago, past Ashley and Jane had a vision for a wellness center, a faith-based clinic where people could come for physical, emotional, and mental healing. Because we are spirit, but we are also body, mind, and soul, all essential to a healthy Christian walk, and all need to be healed. The pandemic has highlighted the struggle in Australians in the mental health space. It's the epidemic that's going to follow what we've gone through in the last few years. Christians and non-Christians alike both suffer from uncontrolled emotions and self-talk. There's so many Australians that don't have access to a healthcare plan and need to be able to get physical needs met. Too many can't afford the professional emotional help that they actually need. Too many marriages are not making it. Too many don't restore after crisis. And it's not just limited to adults, more than ever, our children, our youth, our teenagers are growing up with anxiety, depression, hopelessness, and self-harm. We know the answer is Jesus, but there needs to be a place where people can access professional medical services and receive wellness and wholeness beyond our pastoral ability. Faith-based psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, and doctors, and more can help heal the body and the soul while showing how their spirit can and must be redeemed above all. So in 2023, we're going to obey the spirit's calling and we're going to start a wellness clinic just like this, a faith-based place of physical, emotional, and mental healing, a place where Christian practitioners and professionals can partner with the mission of the church, a clinic of grace, a center of healing, and a place of salvation. So to see this God-breathed venture come to life, we need wisdom. We need the Holy Spirit and we need some professional practitioners of which we have many in our church, including Dr. John and Dr. Saro that were there at the beginning 20 years ago. What is it like to see this God dream come to life? Well, it's very exciting. And also the fact that the seed was sown at that time. And it's God's timing for when it should really spring out. And it is the time I feel that the harvest is plenty and I think people are ready. We do not see it. So his timing is perfect, but the fact is the seed was sown and he preserved it. He formed it, he really prepared it without our conscious awareness so that at the right time, he's just letting us do it he would want us to do. This would be a kind of a place where this is concentrated, focused, and where the results can be seen in a very specific way, as love, God's love, His healing, pouring into the lives of people. So I think it is the correct time. I think the community recognises the need and the importance of mental health and we're also in a time of such need, particularly with our young people, that's what I'm so passionate about. It's so exciting to have a place that is faith-based. I think that makes the biggest difference because at the end of the day, you can only do so much and, and really you do need the God component and if you haven't got that, the faith-based component, it's, this is exciting, this is what the community needs, this is what, and, and not only in the faith base, but also the community around it. What I'm excited about is this, this two-way connection. There's going to be people from our church that have faith in Christ and have been restored in spirit, but now need their, the rest of them restored. Their, their emotions, their mind, their body being restored. 
and seeing that holistic healing is going to be incredible. But to also see evangelism happen through this, where people come in and they come in to be healed in mind or body, whatever it is for them, but those little seeds that will hopefully see them come into a relationship with Jesus and possibly into the church, that two-way door that allows faith-based people to walk into healing and wholeness and our community walking into healing and wholeness and not realizing that the most important restoration is in their spirit, they can see it happening and God bringing both of those together. It really is a different but exciting new door to our community. I think it's a beginning point and something I'm passionate about is a place for counselling and psychology. Uh, but as you were saying, I see it as a real light to our community and I see it as a place where we're able to put on courses to help our community, whether it's helping equip anxious teenagers or parents of you know, kids who are struggling or those struggling with addiction, all sorts of things. I see it as a place to equip our community and that being a light in our community as well. And one of the things in the in St. Luke's Cathedral, I think it is in Ephesus, um, you have a church and people go to worship the Lord and underneath is the basement where Luke was a physician. And so they worship the Lord and then they go into the room to be treated. This is absolutely wonderful. I think it is in the mind of God. It has been there for a while. Uh, and he has put all the jigsaw puzzle together at a right time. It's a very opportune time when the community is in need, great need, and where his hand is going to reach through this effort uh, to the community. Uh, and his love will flow through. We are like a faithful channel. I think it's so exciting because we can start meeting people's need where they're at, but then we would love to add in GPs and other allied health professionals, um, maybe a dietitian or um, a speech pathologist. We could, we, there is, the need is so great. We're dealing with people's emotions and physical and spiritual. So we could really, it depends who God brings in and what we do with it. Um, but there's so many options for us moving forward. I see it being a place where people both from the church and the community can come in and they can experience healing and wholeness in all areas of their life. I see it being a place where we can equip people, where we run courses to help people, equip them to be able to go forward and overcome whatever it is that they're facing. Also points people to Jesus, but is meeting real deal need at the same time. I see people overcoming, I see marriages being restored. I see kids growing up in confidence knowing who they are in Christ. I see um, families being healthy and restored. I see people who are lonely coming in and finding connection and community. Um, I just see all generations linking together and healing and wholeness coming for all people in a place like this because we can meet people where they're at emotionally, spiritually and physically. I think coming into a time such as this, the timing it was 20 years ago, a time such as this, it's time now and I think the world needs this like we've never needed it before. What we've been through in the last two years, no one has ever living on this planet has ever been through what we've been through been through, of course, the pandemic, but the aftermath of what has occurred. 
We need to create a safe place for people to come, whether they're a believer or whether they're not. So God will do the work for us and he will draw like uh, for us what we cannot do, but he will draw the people, individuals, the professionals into this setting where he will make it flourish. We, we are laying the ground, you are laying the ground as pastors and setting it up and people who are going to invest in this are not investing in a particular project but they are investing in the kingdom of God. For over 20 years, Pastor Jane and I have really wanted to have a health and wellness centre, a medical centre that would reach the needs of our community. I just love the idea of bringing together all the professionals in our church that have got a heart to reach the unchurched, to help people in their time of need. And I really feel like this is that moment. You know, there's a great sense of evangelism opportunity for us as a church at the end of a pandemic with people's uh, issues skyrocketing with anxiety and depression. And I'm so excited that this vision that's two decades in the making is finally happening. Make sure you get behind it. Come on, let's go. Come on, are you excited by this? Isn't it great? For a time such as this, as we come to a close, and I think, you know, big day sowing lots of vision. So we finish in a few moments, but I think this matters. As the apostolic cast vision, often the prophetic follows. Pastor David McCracken, who's been a prophetic voice for our church for many, many years now, said this last year as he prophesied over the church. I saw you creating and constructing wells of life and restoration. They were places of safety that you will provide for the emotionally wounded and emotionally vulnerable. I see trophies of grace emerging from these places and they become a great witness of what God can do with the emotionally vulnerable. I see this as a proclamation to wounded people that there were places of safety. I believe God's given us vision. I believe the Holy Spirit's confirmed it. And now it's time for us to run with it. See, this is the heart of our church that God would restore all and heal all and redeem all. And if this is the heart of our church, this has to be our heart too. Which means as vision has been given today, we now have to transfer that vision that is heard to make that vision ours. If we are the church, if we believe what we've been hearing, if we know that is what God says is true, if that was His plan, it is not just something we champion and we get behind, it's something that becomes us. It's something that we believe in. It's something we pray for. And if this gets in our heart, well, our treasure is in our heart also. What's in our heart, our treasure has to follow. 
And we actually need to give to this. We need to believe in this and pray for this and support this and amen this, but we're going to need to give this. That's how every God-shaped vision that is given to us over the church over the years has happened. What God does with vision and the prophetic, it's almost like a holy invitation. That's not a guarantee it happens unless we say yes and amen. I will believe, I will repeat, I will pray and I will give. I will go on the journey of what you are in inviting me to. God is inviting us to open wide the doors, to have a new arm to our church, to see healing and restoration come to our community. We can all be a part of vision and change. For the South, you are not just investing in bricks and mortar. The building is merely there to house the vision, but it is a place that can become a lighthouse for our community where the lost can find Jesus and the generations can grow up. Amen. For all of us, We have a chance to go beyond acknowledging the problem that's in Australia right now. Do you know how rare it is to go beyond just acknowledging, yeah, there is a mental health crisis in Australia, to actually be part of the solution and saying, God, you put us on this earth to see all things redeemed, restored and healed. God, we say yes to being part of the solution. So I believe that God will bring the location. I believe God will bring the practitioners. I believe God will help bring in the community, but He gives us the responsibility of agreeing and giving to seeing it come to pass. So David, when he went to build the temple, he said, I won't just put resources aside from my kingdom. He says, I'll give of my own personal treasure too in 1 Corinthians 29. In 2 Samuel, Chapter 24, David says this, I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. If it's our house and our vision, it's our responsibility and God invites us to invest in it. I love that every year for me and my house, we don't just do this, but we pray into it, we talk into it and we give into it because we know that God allows the response to be from our heart. He doesn't just look in what we put in the pledge form or what we put in the container. He looks at the heart. He looks at intent. He looks at, does my spirit connect with His spirit and in faith say, yes. And then when I give from my heart, He promises to bring blessing in return. I love that our family, including my kids, every year give sacrificially to this moment. And we've been a part of seeing this church walk into vision in the last 10 years, but God's not finished with us yet. But this I can promise you, and we'll talk about this in the weeks to come. He's always blessed us in return. David said in Psalm 122 verse nine, for the sake of the house of our God, God, I'll do my very best. Everyone say my very best. My very best. See, here's what we're gonna do. Over the next three weeks, I'm gonna ask you to take that booklet that's on your seat. If I can, the Bible says, get the vision, write it down, make it plain so we can run with it. We've gotten given the vision and we've written it down, we've made it plain so you can take it home and you can pray over it so that you can run with it. I'll ask for you in your home and your family to talk about it, to go to God about it. Can I ask you, church, to fast and pray into it? 
Because this is big vision, it needs a big response. It's a spiritual thing, so it needs a spiritual response. So I'd ask you not just to go, okay, this is what I did last year, or this is what I can afford. I would ask you to allow God to stretch you into His supernatural realm of possibility so we as a church can stretch into His supernatural realm of responsibility. We have a vision, and now we get a chance to give with it. So in three weeks' time, on, we'll put it on the screen. On June the 19th, we are going to take up an almighty offering. I believe this is going to be the greatest heart for the house offering we've ever given because we're gonna do something we've never done before. Are you excited about this church? We're gonna come together and we're gonna do something together because it's not just you do your bit, you do your, no, we come together and we give together. It's a holy moment. If you happen to be away that week, we'll give an opportunity the next week, but church, be there on the 19th and we're gonna give. We're gonna fast, we're gonna pray, and we're gonna give sacrificially. You might be here though and you'll say, Josh, God's given me a faith amount that I'm gonna give, but I just don't have it by that date. This is what we'll do. We'll do a three-month pledge. If you can give it on that day, we would appreciate it because the moment we have it, the moment we can invest it and the journey can begin. But if you need time, God may have given you something you've got a faith for. You've got to go on the journey of. It might take a time of sacrifice. It might be waiting for your tax return or getting rid of something that can allow you to give something. Whatever it is, that's between you and God. But we'll give those three months if you need to pledge. You might be like, I got some now and some later. That's cool too. We'll make it all possible. It's all in the booklet and we'll explain it in the days to come. But on the 19th, we're gonna sow seed that's going to reap a harvest. The harvest is plenty, but the workers are right here. And in our lives is the resource to bring the provision to bring this vision to life. So we're gonna pray. We're gonna say yes and amen. We're gonna hear from heaven and we're gonna give in faith and we're gonna do something supernatural in the next year and in the years to come. If you believe it, say amen. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you that even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past, and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe He's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past 
and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.